Good afternoon, Dr. Dang. We're here from Authentic Biochemistry Studios. Today's the 26th of May, 2021, and we will get right into the lecture. I told you we we're going to be spending a fair amount of time on immunological interactions with the aging process. And so this will be a lecture that will devote itself to an initiation of that process. I'm going to label it cancer and aging, immunosenescence. And again, this is Authentic Biochemistry Podcast. So let me start off with this. <clears throat> aging, of course, is marked by a progressive decline in the function of multiple cell lineages. And with that, of course, tissues. In organisms with a renewable tissue, aging is also marked by an increase in hyperplasias, most serious of which, of course, are cancers. So a question can arise, why does aging occur? We've been talking how it occurs, but you could ask the question why as well. <clears throat> now, there are, of course, many theories, and that's all they are, is a theory. But evolutionary theory holds that aging is a consequence of declining force of natural selection with age. We've talked about this in the past on lecture here. Of course, you have extrinsic hazards, accidents, predation, infection, starvation, suicide, and all of that's going to limit lifespan. Now, the suicide component is primarily with humans, probably only with humans, but all those other uh, hazards, which are outside the purview of internal um, degeneration, can happen to just about all living systems. So what this does, though, in general, is deplete a natural population of the older individuals in general. So there are generally few old survivors which natural selection will act upon. And again, I've mentioned this before, and that means that the processes that carry out selection at earlier ages are either no longer functional in the elderly, or if they are functional, can hasten the end of their life. Okay. That's not always the case, but we can say that there are late-acting, deleterious selection processes. Now, especially true for any genes that confer an early life development, because during early life, during growth phase, for example, those genes which may be selected for um, to enhance expression of development and differentiation would be counterindicated as one ages. And of course, the aging process is not linear uh, within a population and certainly not even within an individual. So natural selection can't eliminate genes, at least this is a theory, that promotes early life survival, but incongruously also promote late life debility. Now, I've mentioned this again. I'm sorry, I keep on repeating it, but it's called antagonistic pleiotropy. Okay. Now... Just an air reduction. Now, when you think about older people and the length of their life, um, it is increasing steadily in Western cultures. And this, of course, will affect the healthcare industry, but with that will also affect individuals' um, life expectancy and the quality of that life. 
We know that aging itself is a really important risk factor for the majority of chronic diseases we see in early life. And so the longer you live, the more likely you would contract a chronic disease. Some of them would include things like cancer. Cancer can often be indolent until it uh, metastasizes. Often that's not considered a chronic disease, but under my purview of pathobiochemistry, I think it can be. Certainly cardiovascular disease and metabolic disease could be considered chronic. But if you don't want to buy the fact that cancer could be a chronic disease, maybe I would call it pseudochronic. Um, remember that you can get impaired health and a disability from having a tumor and it yet will not cause high level morbidity and certainly not mortality unless that tumor grows and then metastasizes, particularly into organs or into systems that are necessary for life. So there've been a lot of discussion about the quality of life and also to invert that ratio, how one conducts their life or their lifestyle and whether or not that relates to longevity and the longevity having a high level of um, refusal to be become morbid. So in that process, a high level of um, lividity and a good life and a healthy life all the way to the end. So there's been a lot of discussion of this, particularly as the population ages. Of course, when the uh, body ages, all the different cells and tissues and organs in the body do not age uh, in a chronicity fashion. There is a distinction between, for example, skeletal muscle and cardiac muscle in terms of the aging process. Particularly skeletal muscle will degenerate more quickly via sarcopenia, whereas cardiac muscle, unless there's damage to it, and unless there's growth or some other kind of alteration, and by this I'm talking mostly about hypertrophy, the cardiac muscle does not age the same as skeletal muscle because it doesn't operate the same way. And reactive oxygen does not accumulate as much damage as it might to a skeletal muscle, nor will changes in membrane fluidity or in bioenergetics necessarily be the same for the cardiac muscle as opposed to skeletal muscle. You can argue the same thing for the endothelial muscle cells, which are necessary, of course, for um, contraction and the movement of blood and, of course, in the lymph system. Right? So you have to take into account endocrine, neural, cardiovascular, um, musculoskeletal, and, of course, digestive systems when you think about the aging process. These are generalized patterns of development which will age differentially. And so you have to think about, of course, the immune system. We've discussed the innate versus the adaptive. And there is a specific subset of leukocytes that you wanna look at in the innate uh, immune response. And there's uh, a classification of lymphocytes in the acquired immune response. And you want to be able to determine which of those two cell types will contribute to a status which could be considered pro-inflammatory. 
So we know there is a strong association, I won't say correlation, between inflammation and the aging process. And I've mentioned this in a previous lecture. It's called inflammaging, inflammaging. And when we talk about that, of course, we have to talk about pro-inflammatory cytokines. The major players here are IL-6, TNF-alpha, and of course, IL-1-beta. Now, immunosenescence, which is a more generalized term of what happens to the immune system as one ages, is also a key factor in the aging process. So you get an increased susceptibility to infections because the immune system is aging. And you can also get a reactivation of memory cells, which can result in a hyperimmune response. And we've talked about this in the past. Now, anyone over 65 years uh, of age uh, or older is going to be involved in this um, enhanced immunosenescence, as well as this new term that has been coined, inflammaging. Okay? So both of these processes don't necessarily work in the same direction. Because senescence would not, of course, suggest a hyperimmune response. It could well mean uh, an increase in being prone to infection and infection-causing deaths, such as bacterial pneumonia. Whereas inflammaging is a, an immune response which can trigger the high morbidity and then mortality in a very short period of time. Now, sometimes this arises uh, as an autoimmune disorder, a frank autoimmune disorder, <clears throat> often which goes occult because at the very advanced age, um, many, many people don't have a, a complete autopsy. So we don't know that there could have been a uh, rampant autoimmune response going on. But we all, of course, know about arthritis. And arthritis is, of course, an autoimmune disease. But many of the diseases that we normally don't think are as autoimmune, autoimmune in nature at the level of pathophysiology, upon closer inspection at the level of biochemistry, might actually resolve as an autoimmune disorder. And we've talked about these, and we'll get into it again. So you know we have aging phenotypes. And the most prominent one for cells, of course, is going to be cellular degeneration. Degeneration gives rise to recognized pathologies. And in muscle cells, sarcopenia, of course, in the cardiovascular system and in the endothelial system in general, you have atherosclerosis and associated with that heart failure. You have osteoporosis, you have macular degeneration and associated with the heart failure and atherosclerosis, you can have pulmonary insufficiency. You can also have liver failure, renal failure, and then the big one for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, neurodegeneration. So degeneration in general can occur in more than one tissue, but the rate of degeneration is not steady. Okay? But yet you can get what's overall considered a degenerative aging phenotype. So all cellular components of the innate immune system will give you profound alterations during the aging process. 
monocytes in particular, which only represent about 5 to 10% of circulating leukocytes, of course, uh, come in three different subtypes. You have the classical monotypes, and they are going to express CD14, but they're also negative for CD16. These are cell surface markers. Non-classical monocytes will express CD14 positive and CD16 double positive, and they are distinguishable from the intermediate, which are CD14 double positive and CD16 single positive monocyte. Now, as one ages, the number of non-classical CD4 positive, CD16 positive monocytes tends to increase, and that is a shift to a senescent, however, pro-inflammatory phenotype. And that's also associated with a decrease in telomere length because of a decrease in telomerase activity. There's also a shift in macrophage lineages. And with those, macrophages, of course, are classified into M1 and M2. M1 is pro-inflammatory and M2 are considered regulatory following along with the nomenclature of T cells. So we call them immunoregulatory M2s, which means they can actually decrease an inflammatory response. And during aging, there's a shift into the M1 phenotype that's been well described. So rather than getting macrophages that are regulatory and thus anti-inflammatory, as you age, you move more towards a pro-inflammatory innate M1 macrophage expression phenotype. During aging then, that process may be the major component that is contributing to inflammation. And it's believed that that may be a result of an increase in steady state concentration of pro-inflammatory cytokines. So increasing the M1 to M2 ratio might actually be one parameter to look at for enhancing or for the expression of or the, or the presentation of age-associated diseases. Now, again, you know I don't like that term too much because many of the diseases we cause age, call age-associated are also, of course, diseases that can occur throughout life. So we tend to consider them clustering around aging because the normal process of immune resistance to those diseases decreases as you age. And those, those immune resistant factors can be both sides of the valence. So you're resistant to a hyper-inflammatory response because of high levels of Tregs when you're, say, younger. But that hyper-inflammatory response can be enhanced as you age because of the decrease in T-regulatory cells and the increase in T-memory cells, which can be triggered to become hyperimmune by the presentation of antigens, which at one time during the life cycle may have been frank epitopes from antigens that were from, say, parasites or pathogens or from infected cells therein, but now are actually misrecognized because of a misrepresentation of pattern recognition and such as these epitopes can be coming from normal cell lineages that are not actually um, otherwise immune compromised. And this would of course then result in an autoimmune response. Right? So you can get 
in neutrophils and in monocyte macrophage lineages, alterations in the, in the expression of not only receptors on the cell surface, but also transcription factors and everything in between and all that intracellular signal transduction cascade system that we've talked a great deal about in authentic biochemistry. So functionally, a senescence process can lead to a decrease in pattern recognition. And that includes the PRRs known as TLRs. You can also, of course, and we've talked about this, maybe because of mutation, maybe because of epigenetic alterations, or maybe because of lack of interaction of cofactors or a stable increase in the right proportion of cofactors, think NAD and sirtuin activity, for example, you get a disturbance in the activation process. And that can actually lead subsequently to a diminishment of the phagocytotic process of those phagolysosomes within those cell lineages. And this can occur throughout the peripheral blood lymphocyte population. You also have several different kinds of natural killer cells. And the major um, observation there is that there's an expression of CD56. And we've talked about this. The CD56 bright cells are immature and they are regulatory in nature. Whereas the CD56 dim CD16 positive natural killer cells will produce a high level of pro-inflammatory interferon gamma. You see how I told you the valence flips. Now in the advanced elderly, you have a, a subpopulation of natural killer cells that has been well described, but does not necessarily follow any particular pattern. You do see a progressive decrease of the CD56 bright cells. And of course, that's going to diminish the amount of immunoregulation. That is a suppression of the inflammatory response. At the same time, highly differentiated CD56 dim cells start to increase because they're accumulating against the backdrop because of the ratio and proportion, the loss of those CD56 bright cells. So then you can obtain, again, all with this immune response, NK cytotoxicity associated with pro-inflammatory cytokine synthesis and secretion. And that's going to then alter the inhibitory and activating signals, which will further exacerbate a hyperimmune response, causing then overall cytotoxicity, maybe leading to neurodegeneration in aging subjects, okay? So you're getting how, how this is a complexity here that we don't normally consider when we're discussing the aging process. And of course, we do consider it in authentic biochemistry because it's necessary to get the full scope and the full cant of the ride of what the understanding is of the aging process. Now, a little bit about this cancer situation. There is, of course, many indications of an enhancement of tumorigenesis in aging. So when you have a multicellular organism that has renewable cells, that means that not only can they be repaired, but they can be regenerated. That aging will, of course, allow for, and I know you've heard this recently in popular press, a gain of function. And that gain of function is not a good one because you can get cell proliferation against the backdrop where those cells should be quiescent. And if you get 
inappropriate cell proliferation that can lead to hyperplasia, that can lead to genomic instability itself or the genomic instability contribute to hyperplasia. All of that will allow those cell lineages, because they're gonna be dividing, to acquire a phenotype that would allow for proliferation, migration, and yes, colonization to ectopic sites. And if they survive all that hostile interaction and movement, you can get an evasion of the immune system and that can of course lead to a metastatic state. In fact, all those phenotypes I'm talking about are also emblematic of any terminal cancer at any age. In fact, those cancers, which are the most lethal. Now, more discussion about the T cells. When you look at the total number of T lymphocytes, they're somewhat constant in when, when they're isolated from circulation throughout the lifespan. It's only in much later ages, in the advanced elderly, do you start to see a separation not only of subpopulation phenotypes of T cells, but actually also a decrease in total T cell populations, at least in some uh, components of the uh, peripheral nervous system and also in circulation. Now you have two main cellular subtypes. You have the CD8 positive cells and they tend to increase as you age, while the number of CD4 positive cells decrease. Of course, that leads to a decrease in the ratio of CD4 over CD8. And what that does is give you what is known in uh, immunology as an immune risk profile. And what that IRP will indicate sometimes is a condition of immunosuppression in certain disease challenges. And within those populations, aging, of course, is accompanied to a re- by a reduction in T cells with a naive phenotype. We've talked about this many times. And of course, that naive phenotype is going to be expressing those two receptors I talked about a great deal about a month ago, the CD45RA and CD28. Remember those cell surface receptors. We're going to talk a lot about them. So you're going to get you're going to get then that that naive phenotype is going to be reduced, but you're going to get the more terminally differentiated phenotype increasing as you age. Okay. And so now that may be to ensure um, an adequate immune response against newly encountered pathogens because naive T cells are going to be able to deal with that. But newly encountered pathogens as you age is likely to diminish because the kinds of pathogens, remember we're talking about pattern recognition here. We're not talking necessarily about specific species of bacteria, parasite, or um, other kinds of pathogen, including a virus. It's the pattern recognition that matters. And most of those patterns should have been presented uh, via antigen presentation throughout the lifespan. So that having lower naive T cells sort of makes some kind of immunological sense because you're not likely to be experiencing an enhancement of newly encountered epitopes coming from antigens because of unusual or never before experienced antigen 
presentation from those new pathogens or those new infected cell lineages. Now, you know that that's something that is just going to be prone to having either a hypo or hyperimmune response. But the overall result is the reduction of naive T cells also reduces the T cell receptor recombination repertoire, right? Because you know it's the naive T cells that are able to generate TCR recombination through the RAG1, RAG2 complex. We talked a lot about that last month and earlier this month as well. So all of that is going to lead to a lack of T cell receptor um, immediate regard for new uh, antigen presentation. And therefore, the T cell receptors that are recognized by being presented uh, with antigen by antigen presenting cells, such as dendritic cells, is going to be limited. And so that's the, that's the um, result of having a diminished naive T cell population and an enhanced terminally differentiated T cell population. I want you to remember that because that's really important. So you have a decrease in TCR repertoire. And of course, that's because of thymic involution and cellular differentiation. These are processes we talked about before. And you know, all that is driven by a chronic antigen stimulation and a low level inflammatory response throughout life. You know, we talked about the human cytomegalovirus infection which accelerates changes in both the naive CD4 positive and the accumulation of HCMV specific CD8 positive, CD28 negative T cell lineages, all of which is then going to be able to deal with alterations in epitope and the antigen presentation as those cell, cell lineages age. Now after 65, age of 65, there's a shift of senescence and accumulation of the highly differentiated CD28 negative T cells. And we talked about these. The, that whole phenomenon occurs more strongly in the CD8 positive lineage. That's gonna to lead to a defective antigen-induced proliferation mechanism. So senescent T cells, of course, undergo then what we call replicative senescence because they have a shortened telomere, that's one thing, so their shelf life as a cell for divisions has been diminished. And because of that, yeah, sense restricted, they have a reduced proliferative capacity. So those cells are strong producers, nevertheless, of pro-inflammatory cytokines because they will be stimulated, even though they're senescent. And this is believed to be one of the main causes of inflammation. Inflammaging, inflammation of the aging or inflammaging, sorry. So, inflammaging defined, inflammaging describes, I will define it now, I'll even say it correctly, a persistent, non resolving, low grade inflammatory response during aging, and it fails to move to an anti inflammatory status because of the lack of Tregs. And because of that, the ability to repair tissue decreases. They can damage tissue, but not repair. Remember, the T cells are involved in tissue repair. We talked about that quite extensively. So what happens instead is you get um, a progressive 
cellular immunosenescence. And there's a lot of uh, of evidence for this, and it affects the speed. That immunosenescence is going to affect the rate of aging and the rate of comorbidity challenge. So chronically increased levels of interleukin-6 and TNF-alpha that are recognized in circulation in the elderly are often associated uh, rather directly with disability and even mortality. And they're closely related to various diseases. Obesity, number one, obesity in association with type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, neurodegeneration, and yes, even cancer. So you get a differential regulation of IL-10 and TNF-alpha, and that actually is probably essential in predicting the progression of inflammation. However, any of those mechanisms of age-related inflammation is causal relationship to diseases and the complex interaction between the two has actually not yet been generated um, at the level of providing even a good hypothetical deduction. So it's still in the stages in the literature and the research laboratories of observational studies of, of the aging population. First time we've had uh, an extension of aging so tremendously, and we've also had a very active biomedical research community to be able to study this, not only after um, death, but also during the aging process. And of course, the aging population isn't always open for cohort studies. I have to stop here because my time is up. I'm going to continue this. Dr. Dan Guerra, Authentic Biochemistry Studios, 26 May 2021. Bye for now.